This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Good morning with Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. Jamie is uh, <clears throat> with us in Gainesville. Uh, still, he and the and the team have yet to uh, leave, and that's kind of how it happens in in playoff baseball and other sports, where uh, you're kind of at the mercy of others to uh, to get you home. And so uh, they'll uh, they'll arrive back in Lubbock uh, later today. Jamie, how how uh, as you've kind of reflected back on the season, what, what's your what's your takeaway? Do you think from from this year? Oh man. Um... That's my takeaway. Uh, you know, I, I mean, everybody has a different perspective and everybody's expectations, I guess, can be a little bit different. Um, you know, there, it's funny how we go through stretches of the season where we're like, Hey man, and, and I'm not talking about this season specific, but every season where you're like, Hey man, we're un- unbeatable. We can, we can win it all this year. I think this team's got it. And then three weeks later, you're like, man, I don't, you know, I'm, we're, we're not very good. I don't know if we can win enough games to get to the postseason. And, and you just flip flop, right? We're as fans, mm-hmm. that's what you do. You ride the wave of momentum of like, we're playing well or we're not playing well. And we say things like, man, this team's in trouble. Or, boy, I, th- I think this team could be really, really good if they hit their stride. And I mean, we say all these things and, and, and again, it, it comes and it goes and, um, I, I just, um, I, I think, you know, I try to think at the beginning of the season, where was I and what did I think about this team? And it's funny because it feels like this happens a lot where you're, you go into the season worried about one part of the, of the roster or one part of the, of the team and, and confident in another part. And a lot of times it flip-flops. And what I mean by that is I looked at this team and I was, I, I said, man, you know, you've got some depth in your pitching staff with some of the guys that you've talked about with starting pitchers. Those are the veterans coming back. Man, you got a young offense. But after watching the fall, I was, I mean, I was super excited about guys like Gavin Cash and Kevin Bazell. I really was. And I didn't think either one of them was going to be as good as they were, but I thought they were both going to be really good players for you. And so I was confident about that. I was super nervous with, you know, basically your two starters shortstop being freshmen. Um, and as we saw early on in the season, that was a problem defensively. You, you were not good, not just at shortstop, but all over the place. And, and that improved, um, you know, there was a stretch and, and I t- told you this on the air, there was a stretch there for a while. And I was like, you got work to do if you're going to even make the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that was a, a, a sincere doubt. Okay. In my mind. And I don't think I was being a super pessimist, about, you know, for feeling that way. Um, you need to kind of, you need to kind of do, do some work there down the stretch to get in. So, um, I mean, as I look at this team and, and I, I just, um, ultimately when I look at Florida, Chuck, they're a better baseball team than the Red Raiders. Um, they've got way more pitching depth than you do. Their lineup is better top to bottom. Um, what this team lacked was consistency in really any area. Um, there was just nothing. I mean, your offense was really impressive at times, but then it would go away at times and, it just never ever seemed to be what we've seen in years past where we just, we saw guys just grind and grind and grind and battle and battle like up and down the lineup. You saw Nolan Hester do that. You saw Kevin Bazell do that. You saw some of Zach Vuletich doing that, but there was just too many um, guys in the lineup that at times weren't doing that for you. And sometimes they were, but sometimes they weren't. And so your offense was really explosive at times, but not, not consistent at all. You didn't do, um, you know, the little things enough as far as situational hitting. Um, you were capable of having big days offensively, and then you were capable of what, what we saw yesterday. So 
I'm sorry, this is a long answer to your short question. No, no, um, no. I, it's it's I, kind of exactly what I was looking for. I guess I I guess I feel like I don't feel like I don't look at this team and say, man, there was a lot you left on the table with this team. I don't feel that way. I feel like this team getting to a regional, this team being in a regional final against the number two team in the country. Um, this team getting a win on the road against the number two country, and you ended up two and two in this this regional in Gainesville with the number two overall national seed. I feel like you got, you know, you got out of this team what they were. I don't feel like there was a lot left on the table. I don't feel like this team was as good as some of the teams we've had in the past. I don't think I'm a, you know, baseball savant for saying that. I think all Red Raider fans probably feel the same way. So I don't look at this this run for the Red Raiders at two and two and be and think to myself, man, you just you blew it. You know, they were you were so much more better than what you showed. Um, I don't you can tell me which NFL coach it was, Moore or whoever it was. I mean, at a certain point, you are who you are. Yeah, Bill Parcells. And okay, you are who you are. And and this Green. team, yeah. yeah, what we saw this weekend was who we are a team that on any given day can play really, really well um, and do good things and be good teams, but a team that doesn't do that enough consistently, whether that be because of depth in your pitching staff or whether that be because you just, you don't score many runs when you don't hit home runs. And that that part is disappointing to me because I thought coming into the season, we were going to be a team that could play more small ball and win different ways offensively. But when it all came down to it, you just really don't do a lot of it. You, and in my opinion, you didn't do enough of it. And that's why you're in the situation that you're in and that you're in now and that your season is ending. And you were a good team, just not a great team. So you were probably, I mean, where you finish, you know, so there's 16 teams left in the country. You're top 25, top 30. I think that's probably where you actually were as a team. I think that's legitimate where, legitimately where you were. You were in a top 15 or 16 team, but maybe top 25. Yeah, my my, uh, my, sh- my short answer, because uh, I, I agree with you, and you're obviously much closer to it than, than uh, m- most of us are, is good, not good enough, and that you, you, you got out of this team about all that you could get out of it. I mean, by by the fact that you got 2-0 and into the Big 12 and then couldn't finish it off and then – and then won your first two games, you know, in this regional and just didn't have enough firepower, whether it's offense or pitching combination thereof um, to, to finish it off. But at the end of the day, you, you, you squeeze the lemon for all you got and, and just, just didn't have enough. And yeah, I, I would agree that you kind of, you don't walk away from this season and go, Oh man, missed opportunity. A lot of meat left on the bone. I think you, you look at it and go, well, when we didn't get it done on Sunday, uh, and you you saw how how good uh, Florida was, um, and them coming back through, they they just they made it look, frankly, they made it look easy yesterday with their pitching. Um, it seemed like uh, just could never get anything going, and could never just really just didn't seem to be. They seemed to be toying with you uh, at times, just in listening to the game. I didn't I didn't watch it. I, I listened to it. And I would love to have known, Chuck, I told you yesterday my key to the game was scoring a run early just because this team offensively, when they've been able to score early and take the lead, it feels like they're a different team. You got the double off the first baseman's mitt in the second inning from Austin Green, and you've got a runner in scoring position with nobody out. Nobody out, okay? And you got Vuletic and Cash coming up. And you get a pop foul into foul territory, and you're not moving the runner over, okay, into scoring position. One pitch later, uh, a lazy fly ball to left field from Gavin Cash, and then a ground out. And I, I, I'm not trying to put this on Zach Vuletic, but I felt like his at bat was the key thing there. If Vuletic gets the runner over, Cash's lazy fly ball drives in a run, you're ahead 1-0, and there's some life in that Red Raider dugout and maybe some belief, okay? And um, you didn't get the job done there. And see, that's a situation, me personally, and again, I'm a small ball guy. I'm like, a run here would be so huge for this team's confidence. 
me in that situation, I'm, I'm probably bunting. I'm doing anything I can to get to get Austin Green to third base with Gavin Cash at the plate. Okay, that's that's me. Okay, and I don't. I'm not a guy that plays for the big inning. I'm a guy that wants that early momentum. I'm not always going to bunt, but in that situation, I would bunt. Okay, that that's me. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hey, good morning with Jamie Lint and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. We'll have baseball on the air for you today. It'll be a professional baseball with the Houston Astros playing at the Toronto Blue Jays. The Blue Jays uh, entertain the Astros at 535 our time. Meanwhile, the Rangers and the Cardinals uh, will be playing today at 6.30 as far as the broadcast time. Balls and strikes a little after 7. Rangers continue to roll, 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 roll. We'll, uh, we'll talk some more about them. Uh, some questions for Jamie off the uh, Yates Flooring Center chat line and a couple of uh, comments. Uh, we, we read our criticism and sometimes we read our compliments, but uh, a couple things for you, Jamie. Jamie, great uh, job broadcasting Texas Tech games this year. Always Thank you for always keeping us informed on Texas Tech. Uh, and then there was uh, another one. Jamie, thank you, and Jeff, for all your work in broadcasting tech baseball. Y'all are the best in the business. Okay. Best in the business. Thanks. That's that's, uh, that's a nice quote there when you get called the best in the business. Sounds I, like an insider. <laughs> best the in team, the business. Team deserves the credit. They're the ones. No, that make no, it I, I, I know, but I mean, you guys. Jeff and I definitely have a lot of fun. You, you bring, you bring it to us, and you bring the life uh, of the of the game to us, and I think people appreciate the uh, the uh, the fine work that you guys do. Um, so you know, there's going to be people that'll 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 transfer and leave this team, but uh, a couple other things here. Uh, I hate the transfer portal, but it's the era we live in. Kendall Rogers of D1 Baseball has a list, and there are, according to him, 1,800 baseball players in the portal right now. Uh, this person says that is nuts. Yeah, I mean, that's... that's Can just, any of them throw strikes? I'm sorry, what? Can any of them throw strikes? I, know, I don't I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that's, your opening, that's your opening comment this Gosh. morning. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's a, I mean, it's. Can we throw zeros on the board with these guys? I'm in. Okay. Was, that, was that the problem yesterday, Jeff? That uh, I mean, that wasn't the problem. Giving up six runs walks. didn't help. Scoring no well, runs is why you lost walks. the game. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but the that, that felt like that, that found like an angry, uninformed fan comment there. Angry is a stretch. Uninformed, not necessarily, but it <laughs> because you didn't lose the game yesterday because you're you're you you had a bunch of walks. You lost the game yesterday because your offense did not find a way to hit the bat with the ball. That's why you lost yesterday. But pitching has also been a problem for the entire season in your bullpen. You've got three guys that you've trusted. You've got a couple of starters that you've trusted, and your last four games, you're five hundred. You, you you sound a little angry this morning. I, I'm not angry. I, I'm not disappointed because, like Jamie said earlier, this team kind of landed where they felt like they should be. But mm. I'm also looking at the last two weeks that you were 2-0 and twice mm -hmm. and couldn't get three once. I, I'm, I'm a little I'm a little spurred. That might be the way to describe it. A little what? I, I'm a little spurred. Spurred, okay. Spurred. Spurred okay. because of the last two weekends. Overall, it's not an unsuccessful season. You made it into a regional. You played well in the regional. You played well at the Big 12 tournament for the beginning part of it. You were in the driver's seat for both of those situations and couldn't get the job done. Maybe just good, not good enough. But sometimes that happens. Uh, Jamie, this question from Brandon. How far are we from putting a team together that can get back to Omaha? I know it's extremely difficult to achieve that goal but we're a fan base that sees that as a reachable goal because of our past success. Um, are we even close? Okay, Chuck. So, I mean, you know, I don't like to talk about teams, you know, as far as going to Omaha, I don't right. like to look at teams in the off season. I don't look at like to right. look at, 
teams before the season starts and say, oh, this team's good enough for Omaha. I think we should have expectations of being a team that mm-hmm. is, you know, is going to finish in the top four of the Big 12 Conference, which, oh, by the way, you came up short of this year, um, and being a team that's in the conversation for hosting regionals, and you came up short of that this year. Um, those, to me, are what we've built here as should be expectations heading into the season. Um, and, and disappointing to see you come up short on both of those this year. That being said, okay, um, I, I do think that next year's team, I, I think you should be really excited about next year. I, I think that um, uh, you're going to bring back your entire entire starting rotation from the weekend um, with Molina, Robinson, Petty. All three of those guys should be back. Um, you're going to bring back your entire infield. Um, would you like to get um, a little bit more defensive at second base, possibly? Um, would there be a possibility that Tracer Lopez moves over to second and Austin Green becomes like a designated hitter for you? I think that's possible. Would you like to improve on your, your throwing ability at the catcher position? I think that's something that you would like to see get better. But that being said, um, you played a lot of talented young players in the infield this year, and they'll all be back. Okay. I think you can pencil in two starters in the outfield and Harrelson and, and, um, Owen Washburn will be back and healthy. Uh, and so I guess what I'm saying right there is you look at that and, and, and then I don't know what about the Dylan Carter situation. I don't know what happens there, but I mean, right now, if you not even including Dylan Carter, that's eight out of your nine starters are back for next season. Pretty salty. Okay. And, um, I mean, somebody else mentioned the the transfer portal on the chat line. You 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 definitely got to add some more arms. You get you got to get um, um, you know more depth in your pitching staff, whether it be starters, whether it be bullpen guys, whether a guy can be guys that can do both. Um, with you know, but I I feel really positive about what what you have coming back and and moving into next season. So that that has me really excited for you know, February, whatever, 15th, 16th, 14th, 13th, somewhere around there. You know, and, and here's, here's the other thing. I mean, not, not to make excuses for anybody, but man, I mean, the, when you kind of look at what you thought you had January one or heck even maybe even February one from a pitching standpoint, it's not anywhere near what you finished up with, uh, with injuries and, and just players falling off or not maybe living up to what you, what you thought they were going to be back in uh, mid February. Yeah, there's no no way to get around the fact that the Brendan Gurton Bo Blessy situation just was a complete. I mean that 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 completely changes this team. I mean uh, everybody. Um, ex- I mean me specifically. I'm just gonna say I expected Brendan Gurton to be your best pitcher. Okay, I expected him to be your best pitcher, and it, it, you know not only did was he not did he not end up your best pitcher, he didn't even end up being on the road trip to end the season. And then Bo Blessy um, just had everybody had really high expectations for him after his first start of the season. You were like, man, this guy is going to kill it. Um, and then his body just wouldn't let him do it. And so, I mean, it's that's those are two quality power arms that would have just completely changed things, whether they were starters or not. But they would have been huge coming out of your bullpen, mm-hmm. huge coming out of your bullpen. And I think they had Gurton envisioned as being that guy, that stud that you've seen the Red Raiders use so many times out of the bullpen where you could get two or three innings out of him, you know, on a Friday and on a Sunday, you know, a guy who could give you some length and be just dominant. And I just that never worked out for whatever reason. And I, I guess my guess would be that we've seen Brendan Gurton throw his last pitch as a Red Raider, but I, I really have no idea. I have no idea. I, I, I wish nothing for the best with the young man. I, I feel like um, it was a little bit mental with him. He's really hard on himself, and so I, I wish him the best. But um, those, those were game changers, not having those two guys this year. I mean, they were game changers. So there's got to be a little bit of luck involved, too. Mm-hmm, and Sure. And a lot of teams deal with the same thing with injuries to pitchers and all that good stuff. You dealt with injuries to pitchers. You dealt with injuries to Owen Washburn, who, I mean, it started, he started slow and then started to swing it well. And then he injured his elbow out there in right field. Um, somebody on the chat line mentions Travis Sanders. I mean, he was your highest rated recruit and he had a back issue. 
um, and was expected to be starting shortstop or maybe play third some, whatever. Um, you didn't have him for all of the season also, and hopefully he'll be back as well, depending on his health situation. So, I mean, there's a lot to feel good about for next year. I know that doesn't make you feel any better right now just because we're all disappointed and, um, you know, the sting of, of what happened yesterday over the last couple of games. But, um, you know, if you're looking ahead to next year, I, I think it's a – I think it's a – you know, a season where you can look to uh, forward to and be excited about it. But I'm really anxious to see what they do in the portal to add some some depth to the pitching staff. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I have good morning with Jamie Lint and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. Chris Need will come in at uh, 7.30 and uh, pinch hit for Jamie as uh, he and the baseball team fly back from uh, Gainesville. And, uh, Man, I must need to clean my glasses. Why is that? Because Chris needs in already. He's right there. Right. Yeah. Say hi, Chris. Yeah. What it do, yo? That was not hi. <laughs> hi. <laughs> you can't just say hello, can't you? What can't just do? say good morning. I mean, what's you gotta you gotta come up with your own little deal there. Wow. Um, yeah, just, I mean, here we go. Jamie, the twenty twenty four, and Chris and Jeff, twenty twenty four. National Football Hall of Fame for college football ballot came out yesterday. And among the 78 names on it for um, for college football players to be inducted into the uh, College Football Hall of Fame, this is a vote. You get to vote for 12 if you're a member of the uh, National Football Foundation. And I don't know how many members there are, and I'm assuming every vote counts the same. I don't think... Did you vote? I have not voted yet. I voted yesterday. Okay. I thought I'd, I'd like to let it kind of marinate just for a little bit. Sounds good, man. Okay. Uh, among the names. That's a, it's a nice way to say he's procrastinating, Chris. Well, it's not due yet. I mean, it's. I mean, the vote, the, the ballot came out yesterday. Okay. I voted about 10 minutes later. Okay. I had a little bit more on my schedule, apparently. Oh, wow. Oh, that guy's so much busier than the rest of us. No. Nope, just, just. Here's the real question Have we all voted for Josh Young today yet? Uh, not yet. Day's not over. Okay, um, make sure we get that done today, folks. Yeah, Graham Harrell is listed as the as a quarterback uh, from Texas Tech on this list. Uh, of course, uh, Michael Crabtree uh, got in as well as uh, in recent years Zach Thomas mm-hmm. and also Gabe Rivera in recent years. Um, here's the uh, the the competition at quarterback for him, Matt Cavanaugh. Didn't that vote? Who's been on that list for quite a while. Tim Couch, same deal. Ken Dorsey, same deal from Miami. Uh, Couch, of course, played at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Leaf is uh, is on the list. Kellen Moore, the former uh, Boise State quarterback, he won't get elected to the College Football Hall of Fame. Antoine Randall L., he's also been on that list for a while. Alex Smith is on the list, as is now uh, Michael Vick. Uh, from Virginia Tech, um, he only played two years there. Mm-hmm. The ninety nine. I don't care. Michael Michael Vick was amazing at Virginia Tech. I, yeah, I, I vote well, for Michael my, Vick. My my question yeah. is going to be, you know, how how long do you think it's going to take Graham Harrell to get in, or do you think he's going to get in on year in year one? Because I no. don't think he's going to get in in year one. Unfortunately for him. Uh, it's not his numbers; it's just his name recognition. I, I think the same thing. Because you look around, some of these guys on the list, um, you they get in because of the, what they did in college, mm-hmm. not college, but the, what they did in the pros. Mm-hmm. And it's not supposed to be based on what you did in the pros, but unfortunately, some guys do. So you know, Graham Harrell uh, had you know almost sixteen thousand yards in passing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was fourth in the two thousand and eight Heisman Trophy voting. Uh, he beat out Michael Crabtree, who was fifth. Uh, and and probably probably if um, if Harold if didn't have the co- Crabtree competition he might have gone to New York you probably know, to, you know I think uh, one or the other would have probably one, and I was going to say the same thing about Michael yeah. you know if if but I mean you you're not going to have one without the other he was the same. yeah if they didn't have if they didn't have the other one neither one of them's numbers would have been as good right. Sammy Baugh winner uh, as a junior in 2007. He was the Johnny Unitas winner, uh, All-American Player of the Year, and Sporting News Co-Player of the Year honors in 2008. Also a first-team All-American 
in 2008. In 2008, through through 5,100 yards and 45 touchdowns. Uh, in 2007, he actually threw for more yards, 5,705, uh, which ranks third all-time in NCAA FBS history and second in school history. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, because uh, B.J. Simmons is ahead of him. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? You got to two and three um, on that list. Uh, to this day, he still leads to, uh, tech career yards, touchdown passes, pass attempts, completions, passing yards per game. Um, so I don't know. It'll it. I don't know how long it'll take him. It might take him a couple of years because I think he's going to have to go through the cycle where people go, um, uh, you know, okay, what's What's up with him? If if you do a little bit of research, well, yeah, I mean, if you do, if you read the bios, well, I mean, I mean, there's and there's bios on the bio that go with the ballot, um, you know, but just just uh, some other names that are on there. Justin Blackman's on there from the Big Twelve. Kijana Carter, I vote uh, for him uh, from Penn State, running back. I mean, he had he had a terrific um, Penn State career, and yeah. and the Chiefs drafted him as a first round draft pick, and he got injured. Oh yeah, busted his knee up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he had a great Rose Bowl against Oregon, and uh, I mean Ryan Leaf had a great college career, but he's, he's did not vote for him. He's probably and his off the field stuff's going to probably detract yeah. from him, yeah. whether it should or not is another. But uh, Jerome Brown, um, the defensive tackle from Miami, who still had a very good uh, pro career, but I mean he was yeah. he was spectacular, you know, as a um, as a as a college player. Um, Josh Heupel's on this list as well as a as a quarterback. You know, I I didn't vote for him because he was only a one year dude, and and uh, it's really the only reason I didn't vote for him. I know he won a national championship. Um, he played two years, ninety nine. One year dude, ninety nine, ninety nine, two thousand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then there's Chuck. Th- are you are you certain on the Kajana Carter thing? To the maybe Chiefs? I, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong on. I just remember he got drafted yeah, number was- one. Was, who was he drafted he was a, by? He was a Bengal. Yeah. Bengal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Sorry about that. Because yeah, they had that. Was it? Kajana Carter and Achilles Smith back to back nightmare drafts for them. Yeah. So I'm, I was wrong on that. Uh, but he he did bust a knee right away. Yeah. Um, and was a was a unfortunately just was never the same. Um, there are three former Texas Tech coaches listed out of nine. I only saw two, and I voted for both of them. Uh, Jim Carlin. Yeah, I voted for him. Pete Cawthon. Voted for him. Tommy Tuberville. I, that's not a Texas Tech coach for me. That's not a what? That's not a Texas Tech coach for me. Try to rem- not remember those th- those years. Okay. <laughs> and, Wait, hey, what the hell? I, 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 mean, I, I will say this for Coach Tuberville. He he is the one that re-engaged the National Football Foundation for Texas Tech and really led that charge to reignite the chapter, which led to... Well, I'm just saying, you can be critical. I mean, be, you can be critical. The other thing is, he he did. Who had thing. a cat named Tubbs? Right. right. And then who had a cat named the formerly the cat named Tubbs? Right, but it started out as Tubbs. <laughs> right. He did. Uh, that's right. Great point, Jeff. <laughs> I, I don't get me wrong. I got no love for the man. None and that's whatsoever. Why, that's why the but cat and, and he was RIP, still here. R.I.P. Bubba. He also had a cat named Cliff. Cliff. Uh, cat. Well, that same cat. Same cat. <laughs> same cat. Same cat. <laughs> then the cat before we know his tubs. Then Cliff Cat, and then we just finally started calling him Bubba. Yeah. Anyway, we also had some chicken, but we're not talking about that. <sighs> you know, um, I, I do think that Jim Carlin and Pete Cawthon, uh deserve to be in this uh, both of them and and i think unfortunately for them they might get overshadowed by frank solich um yeah i i mean 173 and he has the most wins on this the thing that will hurt Cawthon is he didn't get to 100 wins and he was a relatively young man when he stopped coaching yeah. i mean he left texas tech under not the best of circumstances Shocked. Shocked to hear that somebody I mean, in town got mad at the football coach and no, he left. No, he no, no. He got mad. At, he got mad at the administration. Well, I, I, I get it here. I mean, he really did. I mean, he he left. In I a just, dis, he left in a dispute. I just I just like like Jim Carlin you know, at the Red Ritter Club meeting was like, well, let's go outside. You know, I love the, it. The three coaches on here all all left Texas Tech in a 
less than ideal situation. Yeah. But well, I, okay. I, Remind me, other than Spike Dykes, the last coach to leave uh, Texas Tech in an ideal I, I situation. Would, I, I think I think Coach Dykes would tell you it wasn't ideal for him either. I mean, he probably wouldn't. But because I think he was told after that North Texas game, you will retire or you will be fired. Yeah. So I don't I think mean, it was. And Spike was a relatively young man when he when he stepped down. Here at uh, at Texas Tech, we're in football in terms of football. We're not good breaker uppers. <laughs> So I can't imagine that many are. I can't yeah, either. I know, but we are, we are particularly bad at it. <laughs> well, uh, what do you guys think the chances are of the the people that have the control of this, of the football the football foundation for the College Football Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. get together and waive the requirement to allow Mike Leach to be put on the ballot? Uh-oh. He doesn't qualify right now. He doesn't have a, he he's below five hundred overall. I don't. I don't. So that means that he's not a qualified coach. I I don't think he's a Hall of Fame coach. But can you tell the story of college football without Mike Leach in it? You you seem to do it without telling the story of Mouse Davis. (laughs) Yeah. And Mm -hmm. and, uh, what's his name down there at uh, University of Houston? John Jenkins. Were it not for an unfortunate uh, pregame film that he showed. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I don't. I, I do think Mike Leach is a Hall of Fame coach. Do you? I think I think he's a Hall of Fame coach because his style of offense, I mean, changed college football, and there are so many offenses across the country. I mean, he was a major innovator in in the sport of college football. He could have been an offensive coordinator and never been a head coach, yeah. and been a Hall of Fame coach because his he was an innovator. He changed the way college football was played. It's a different game now because of Mike Leach. Seven twenty-five. Jamie travel safe. Chris yes, will safe, uh, James. keep your seat warm until tomorrow. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety-seven-three is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Jamie's question of the day on Double T ninety-seven-three is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. All right, what you got for us? <sighs> I was uh, trying to. I don't want to be negative, but I want. I want to, <laughs> you don't want to be negative. I think you get up in the morning and go, "How can I be negative today?" No, I don't. Some days you do. I do not. Some days I absolutely you do. do not. Some I days mean, you. I think some days you search for it. <laughs> Check Heinz. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong. I think Tell you're me wrong. I'm wrong. Um, Chuck. Um, mm-hmm. You you have a question you want to ask, but it's negative, right? Yeah, it is. Okay, go fire away. <laughs> no, I'm changing the question. No, right no, now. no, no, I'm changing the no. question right now. What were you going to ask us, just so we can kind of have a feel for it? No, I'm not going to even. I'm not even going to ask it. Okay. Uh, Texas Tech track and field mm-hmm. heads to. This is not the negative question. Um, they head to Austin. It right. should be there now for the national track and uh, field. Um, because we we can really break down the track and field. I'm, I'm not even. Do you think <laughs> this is a, now a yes no question? Do it, you think it is? It is a yes no question. Okay. Um, do you think that Texas Tech can fill enough lanes to win a national championship? <laughs> no. It's, just say yes or no, Chuck. Yes, they, according to Coach Kitley, who was on. That for Nashville Saturday, that they have that opportunity. They have they have enough guys going that they can fill enough lanes to put themselves in position to win a national championship. So I'm going to say yes. So I've been gone for a week. They're still ranked second, right? <laughs> yes. That was the last ranking. That, yes. That, by default, leads me to say yes to this question. You don't get that ranking. The track and field doesn't do rankings like, other sports do rankings where it's, oh, well, we think this team is good, and, and this team has shown some signs. Track and field rankings are, these are the best numbers that this team has put up, which makes them the second best or third best or the best team in the country. Uh, it It's more of a statement of fact than it is an opinion. I feel like this is a cop-out question. Oh, uh, it 100% is a cop-out question. The Tech men have 13 entries going into yes. the national meet, which will be – uh, in uh, in Austin, that's tied for second most with LSU. Arkansas has the most with 18. Okay, and if Terrence Jones can, then the Red Raiders can. Okay, do you like that? I love that. 
because Terrence Jones is in the 100 meters along with Courtney Lindsay. Terrence Jones is in the 200 meters along with Courtney Lindsay. Then you have Caleb Dean is in the 110 meter hurdles and the 400 meter hurdles along with Antoine Andrews in the 100 and Oscar Edlund in the 400 meters. And then the 4 by 100 uh, relay team of Nilo Clark, Courtney Lindsay, Adam Clayton, and Terrence Jones. Mm. Okay. They That's fast. a real. Oh, they are very fast. They fast. As I was saying. Sorry. Because of the way they do the rankings mm-hmm. and how it's different, I firmly believe that you have enough lanes to win the national championship. If you were fifth on that list right now, I would be more wavering on the question. Okay. Uh, they also have, and, and Coach Kitley felt like that you've got to, uh, in addition to fill some lanes, I think you've got to score some points in the pole vault mm-hmm. uh, where Zach Bradford is. He could finish first or second. He could be a national champion. Yeah. The Joe transfer. Keys in the decathlon and then the discus, Devin Robertson. Which is really interesting because the last time they won the national championship, they scored, um, they pointed in the, in the throws. And it yeah. was actually a hammer throw, I believe, that uh, it got you over that the got us over the top. Even though the the hammer throw occurred before the last uh, really event. Yeah, the four the four by. And if they had finished the four the, by four, in fact, they, I the think last. they opted out of the four by because they won it with the hammer throw. Okay, that was a riveting riveting question. And what was your real question going to be? No, I'm not going to tell you because see, because I don't want you to, I don't one, I don't want the, the text line to, uh, the, uh, the chat line to blow up with all that. Mm-hmm. I don't need, you know, and I've got to, and I've got to tell me I'm wrong later. Okay. All so right. there's that. Awfully of a bold statement over there for someone to criticize a question. who's never come up with. <laughs> a- absolutely. Now it is in fairness. Jamie's question of the day. Yeah, I mean, that's three times I've come in here, you know, on Friday, host. Monday, and now Tuesday. And I, I walk in on Friday and they say, you got a question for us? Uh, well, yeah, right. I mean, if, well, I mean, that's part, of, that's part of that seat's job. I mean, yeah, I know. But I was told, you know, literally hours before, hey, okay. you be here. Uh, somebody says this, Duke Kaczynski won the discus to clinch the natty. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, this from Shelly. Anyone want to put money on a DeGrom rant before the show is over? That bet has been taken off, taken off the board. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. We are not accepting wagers on that because we know the outcome. I mean, hey, I'm not going to rant. I mean, at some point. There's two of you in that room. Well, he's not going to rant either. He yeah. doesn't care. Yeah. yeah. How's New Home doing? Oh, gosh. They're doing. They're going to be. They're going to play. In the, they're going to play for the state. They're going to play for the right to play for a state championship. Oh, brother! They're going to throw a parade in downtown New Home. Wow! Um, you don't know when to stop, do you? No, I have. I've not. I'm being, I'm being serious. God Almighty! I'm not. I'm being serious. Are you going to be the grand marshal of that parade? No, sir. And now presenting the grand marshal of the New Home Leopards Parade, Chuck Hines. Walk out there with okay, your let little, me ask you with this your little uh, uh, baton there going like right. this. All right. Let me ask you this question. And this is, you know, somebody said anybody want to take a bet, and then Jeff says it's off the line. Um, do you think the, do you think that the NFL is, um, you know, with with all the money they've taken from lottery and from gambling sites and from DraftKings and I'm Vegas and not putting sure I like team, the direction you're going and with putting this a team in Vegas. Oh do, God! Not 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 that not that the, that Isaiah Rogers and others okay should get kind of a, a free hall pass on this, but it, it does seem like they're talking out of both sides of their mouth when they say you can't bet, but we can take the money, even though in every locker room in every facility. Uh, in every contract, it states specifically, you can't bet at all. Um, you can't participate in postseason things. It it just seems like forever, baseball especially, and professional football, stayed away from any kind of form of gambling 
and uh, to the point where you know they basically traded Vegas as a pariah, and now they've got a football team in Vegas. We're going to have a baseball team in Vegas. Eventually, we'll have an NBA team in Vegas, and you've got an NHL team that's two wins away from hoisting the cup. Does so? Does, does pro sports have any culpability in this, and that they're talking out of both sides of their mouth, or no? Um, Chuck, we can't win contests that we work here. Same concept. Right. Too much of a chance to cheat. That's why we can't play. No, I understand that. But I mean, when you, it's, when it's you the are same rules, I, I, I don't, I, I, I just wonder if the NFL should have, or major league baseball should have followed their own rules. They are. Vegas has nothing to do with those rules. The money coming in from the casinos that I'm they're just getting saying, of now. But the, but the, the, the NFL and major league baseball Gave, gave, gave Jeff, can gambling you get the helicopters the, out of the out of the barn? I can. Yeah, but you know it's they gave they gave it the Heisman for a long time to the point where we talked about this yesterday. Mickey and for Mantle, a long time, Mickey Vegas Mantle needed a Heisman. And, and Willie Mays were were banned from baseball because they were door greeters at a casino in Vegas. We're not that far removed from from that, and and now because of the money um, that's available. They are they are all in on just kind of looking the other way, but and again, I'm not caping up for the players that have done this because they put themselves in this position, and he deserves to be suspended, as did the others. It just it's it's awfully close to the line when one can do it and the other can't. The NFL teams can't bet on the games. All animals are equal. Some are more equal than others. You can quote Animal Farm all you want to me, but the NFL isn't allowed to bet on their games. No, Why should the players be allowed to bet on their I understand, but games? I'm just saying that the, the mere acceptance of the money is 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 dirty. And that money is also getting split with the players as part of the, uh, the bargaining agreement. Yeah. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. This could be volatile. Uh, 8.15 this morning here on the Morning Drive. Chris is in for Jamie this morning. Jamie and the baseball team flying back to Lubbock today from Gainesville. And uh, Jeff McGuire's here as well. All right. Uh, Chris has got a statement, and we get to tell him he's wrong. If we think he's wrong. Uh, many people are, are uh, disappointed at the finish for Texas Tech this year. Uh, many people are disappointed um, in the performance in the final game yesterday. Um, but I would look back at the 2023 season with all of its, you know, all of its limitations and everything that happened. And I would call this Tim Tadlock's best coaching job at Texas Tech. Tell me I'm wrong. Oh. He had an everyday lineup that had five or six, depending on the day, underclassmen. Mm-hmm. His his weekend rotation in a in a regional on the road started sophomore, freshman, 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 and he went two and two. And the regional number one overall seed, number two overall seed, had to take him to seven games to win the thing. Mm-hmm. And you went two and oh in a in uh the conference tournament. Sure you couldn't finish it because you don't have the consistency yet because you're young. But I would say at the end of the day, based on the limitations, your five of your nine or six of your nine, depending on the day, mm-hmm. everyday starters were underclassmen, freshmen or sophomores. And you won 41 games. You went to postseason and you played in a regional final with a team that probably would have been run ruled 10 times by any of the last two or three years teams because of their because of their inconsistency. Jeff? If you want to factor in youth as part of this equation, then you've got to go back and look at 2017. Mm-hmm. You started three freshmen on the mound. Mm-hmm. That beats the sophomores that you've got on the mound this year. No, 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 no. And if you want to factor in the youth of the team this year and the coaching performance, there's the recruiting aspect that goes into that mm-hmm. as well. Uh, and that 2017 went to Omaha. 
Uh, and you had Friday night, Saturday, Sunday starters, freshmen, Big 12 play because the guys that were here before didn't quite make it. I don't disagree that this was a good coaching year for Tadlock. I don't think it was his best. And it's not just the success. I, I would put probably last year's team better of a coaching job than this year. I would because the idea going into this year, like we heard in the offseason, was that you're gonna see a little bit more of the small ball. You're not gonna be as reliant on the home run. And yet, here we are at the end of the season talking about how this team didn't score runs unless you hit it over the fence. Here's why here's why I dif- disagree with you. Well, hang I'm on, talking- Chuck gets to tell you first. Okay, go ahead. Well, I don't know that I do disagree with you. I, I, I can see a little bit of what Jeff's saying and a little bit of what you're saying. I think the I think there would be generally an overall, you know, if you kind of stopped a thousand cars out here and, and asked that question, they'd probably say they'd probably say, Huh? And then would need a little bit of an explanation. It's not an easy yes, no. I think I think the I think Jeff makes a good point with regards to not playing the small ball. I think you make a good point of kind of motivating, you know, massaging, guiding, all those kinds of things. Um, There are some frustrating moments in that you only had two wins by scoring five runs or less in regular season play and only two, and you you won two games in postseason play with with five runs or less. you know, there's there was some frustration over the weekend, and just in terms of some some key moves, uh, development on on pitchers is that is that his fault? Is that his pitching coach's fault? Um, you know, is is either way, it's coaching decisions. Yeah, it's and coaching that's what decisions. we're talking about here. I, I, I'll I, I don't know that it was his best, but I'll say this: I I will agree with you. One of his best because they got to they got to postseason play, and it, it just looked like they didn't have enough gas in the tank at all. Um, to do that, it, it, they teased us there at the end. Mm, they sure they, did. They teased us. They, just, uh, they, they they teased us a number of times. But how many how many times did you go in and you know like felt like that you should have swept a team when you won two out of three? Yeah, you know. Absolutely. I mean, so that was kind of the that's kind of the the um, I don't know the story of the season is that. Close but not good. Good but not good enough is, I think, what I said right away this morning. Yeah, and I'm not saying that this team was was mm-hmm. was stellar think- or anything. I'm saying, but this was a a good coaching job. And why I disagree with you on 2017 is, yes, you had three freshmen on the mound, but you had a veteran lineup. I'll say this: you had Jay- a veteran lineup. I mean, you had Farhat, uh, Michael Davis, Grant Little, Brian Klein, Ryan Long, Tanner Gardner. I mean, stop right. me when you hear. But we don't hear the guy that you like. I, I'm not walking away. I'm disappointed the season is over. Same. But I don't think there. I don't think there's any meat left on the bone. No, I think this I, team. But, I think he got everything yeah, out of this the, team he could get. And that's what I said earlier. So they squeezed the lemon as much as they could. The thing about 2017 that stands out: your pitching staff wasn't working at the beginning of the year in 2017, mm-hmm. which is why he made the change. Mm-hmm. And he and his lineup and did though this year. You have the the situation where if you weren't scoring five runs, mm-hmm. you weren't winning, and didn't make the change. Well, here's the difference: he had the ability to make the change in 2017. He didn't have the ability to make the change this year. Who are you going to change to? In the lineup, the, in the mentality at the plate, the, well, no, the no, changing no. going but, but, from but, but, having to hit the home run to moving. A, how many sacrifices did we see this season? Seven? Not that many. Not that many. This team how many was definitely we, a. They went as the big guns went. And right. if, if, if Green and Cash uh, weren't hitting, and this was, team really didn't hit. And it was in those in those games where they weren't hitting, it was never a, hey, let's try this. And I'm not talking just the one month that Jamie talked about earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. But through the whole course of the season, if you didn't hover over the fence, you didn't score runs. Yeah, this was this a, this was a blip with a blast. I, I sure would like to know like if, if Dylan Carter doesn't get hurt or... If there's there's Owen a couple of things. doesn't if, get yeah. hurt, or if if you know Bo Blessy doesn't get shut down, or if if Jack know, Washburn Jack Washburn, if Jack doesn't, Washburn mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't require Tommy John in the offseason. you know uh, you know those are the things. If if you have your rotation set and you're allowed to have guys like Tabor Fast and Zane Petty not have to grow up on the mound. And 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 become in Big Twelve play in Big Twelve play absolutely. Hey, by the way, here's Zane. That's Texas over there. Go get him, big boy. 
But you didn't lose yesterday because you're pitching. No, you didn't. No, you didn't lose because of your starting pitching. You didn't lose yesterday because of pitching. It's not like you walked 55 guys yesterday. You lost yesterday because you couldn't score a run. I mean, you had uh, one. I think there was. You had one you base did runner not third score base. A, I, I think it is the team, impossible to win a baseball game. I if understand you don't that. Score. I think the biggest thing on this team was youth. And the youth of this team. Now, it was loaded with freshmen. And what is the best thing about freshmen? They become sophomores. And that is the only thing that's good about freshmen is that they become sophomores. These guys were talented and young. But you had two guys that should have been graduating from high school last week playing. Two weeks ago in the Big 12 tournament, these guys should have been going to the senior prom. And they're they're starting in the middle infield for uh, Texas Tech in the Big 12 tournament. I, I wonder, too, of how much, you know, sometimes when you have success early or early, I wonder, if, I wonder how much they became complacent or became satisfied. Uh, well, I think that's a youth thing, too, because one thing that we uh, noticed and about I would this, agree with they that. would score five runs early, and then they would go, <sighs> mm-hmm. and they would just, you know, okay, we got our five runs, and we're, we'll just coast the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, and this is this is, almost sounds like I'm going to start talking against my own. Tell me I'm wrong. I thought we we would give up on at bats. We'd get two zero. We'd start looking for a walk. Well, you had a lot of first pitch swinging yesterday too. Well, I think we became aggressive yesterday early. I think there was a there was an approach yesterday to be aggressive in the count early. Uh, first thing, and I don't think that was. I think that was something about what they they saw about that pitcher. I think there was a need to get out to an early lead. Yesterday, and they had an opportunity, and they just didn't didn't uh, able to do it. Well, to do and it. let's give some credit where credits due. That Florida defense is legit. Hey, by the way, you played you you ran your pops out there against a team full of old dudes. Well, you beat I the mean, number two team in the country, absolutely, and Saturday. they were old dudes. By the way, and someone checked me on on the uh, on the chat line. Someone checked me. By the way. I'm pretty sure when they beat us yesterday, they finally got a winning record against Texas Tech. I think that's right. 825 this morning here on the Morning Drive. Thoughts and comments. This has been the Morning Drive podcast presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.